poets and intellectuals of this time, the innovative minds, the intelligentsia, those that are breaking down the barriers and choosing a bohemian existence, escaping from dreary suburban ideals and materialistic death traps. Where are these engaging people? The risk takers, the revolutionaries, those living apart from this big unrest, those escaping the sterility of corporate junkies who get high on materialistic consumption. Welcome to the Bohemian Beat. We will journey beyond the horizon and find the artists living on the edge, going down into the murky waters of their very existence, where these brave souls have re-emerged with art that is challenging, original and brutal. You have tuned into The Bohemian Beat. I'm ready with you for another hour of poetic adventure. Today, we're rediscovering Shakespeare's genius through the music, words and spirit of the 1980s. Who can forget those so-called new romantics, the beautiful glam rockers with all that hair, satin and glitter? And what would Will think of it all from his Elizabethan viewpoint? This episode of The Bohemian Beat is a community collaborative effort starring Suze, Paul and Yessa. So let's get up on the dance floor and kick this party off with a psychedelic furs, Love My Way.
she speaks. Oh, speak again, bright angel, for thou art as glorious to this night, being o'er my head, as is a winged messenger of heaven unto the white, upturned, wandering eyes of mortals that fall back to gaze on him when he bestrides the lazy, puffing clouds and sails upon the bosom of the air. Oh, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Deny thy father, and refuse thy name. Or, if thou wilt not, be but sworn, my love, and I'll no longer be a Capulet. Shall I hear more, or shall I speak at this? Tis but thy name that is my enemy. Though art thou self, though, not a Montague. What is Montague? It is nor hand, nor foot, nor arm, nor face, nor any other part belonging to a man. Oh, be some other name. What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other word would smell as sweet. So Romeo would, were he not Romeo called, retain that dear perfection which he owes without that title. Romeo, doff thy name. And for that name which is no part of thee, take all myself. That was the tortured teenagers from William Shakespeare's most famous love story, Romeo and Juliet, read by Suze and Yasser. In A Midsummer Night Dream, the young lovers, Lysander and Hermia, have run into trouble at the very start of the play. Hermia's father has decided that she shall marry Demetrius, not Lysander. If she refuses, she faces either death or consignment to a nunnery. Lysander offers comfort with the observation that the course of true love never did run smooth, apparently comparing romance to a river current. His examples, which elicit parallel replies from Hermia, include affairs complicated by differences in class or age, or dictated by friends. Starring Suze as Hermia and Yasser as Lysander. How now, my love? Why is your cheek so pale? How chance the roses there do fade so fast? Oh, belike for want of rain, which I could well between them from the tempest of my eyes. Ay, me! For aught that I could ever read, could ever hear by tale or history, the course of true love never did run smooth. But either it was different in blood. Oh, cross! Too high to be enthralled to low. Or else Miss Grafford in respect of years. Oh, Bite, too old to be engaged to young. Or else it stood upon the choice of friends. Oh, hell, to choose love by another's eyes?
And that was David Bowie with Absolute Beginners. Today on The Bohemian Beat, we're exploring the links between the songs that emerge in the 80s and our favourite stories from Shakespeare. Much of David Bowie's genius was revealed in the 1980s. The track we just heard, Absolute Beginners, is from his 1986 rock musical of the same name, Absolute Beginners, based on a book by Colin McInnes. Teenagers, it's about teenagers representing this new formed youth culture with its fixation on clothes and jazz music, racial tensions and the tragedy of love. And before that, a scene from Act One of A Midsummer Night's Dream, a comedy that makes fun of romantic love, written in 1595 and first published in 1600. Shakespeare balanced this romantic fantasy with the rough humour of the actor's bottom and his friends. The self-centred bottom ranks as one of Shakespeare's finest comic figures. Which leads us to this next scene from A Midsummer Night's Dream, starring Paul as Bottom. As Hermia defies her father to marry Demetrius and elopes with Lysander in the forest, an actor called Nick Bottom also wanders into the forest to practice his lines in an upcoming play, a comedy about the cruel death of Pyramus and Thisbe, ill-fated lovers whose stories form part of Ovid's narrative poem Metamorphosis. Shakespeare uses four interconnecting plots with a celebration of marriage of the Duke of Athens and the Amazon Queen. In a parallel plot, Oberon, the king of the fairies, and his queen arrive in the same forest, and poor Nick Bottom gets caught up in all the plot lines. In the following excerpt, Nick Bottom awakens, confused. What were these dreams all about? When my cue comes, call me and I will answer. My next is Most Fair Pyramus. Hey ho, Peter Quince, Flute the Bellows Maker, Snout the Tinker, Snarveling. God's my life stolen hence and left me asleep. I've had a most rare vision. I've had a dream. Past the wit of man to say what dream it was. Man is but an ass if he go about to expound this dream. Methought I was... There is no man can tell what. Methought I was... And methought I had... But man is but a patched fool if he will offer to say what methought I had. The eye of man hath not heard, the ear of man hath not seen, man's hand is not able to taste, his tongue to conceive, nor is hard to report what my dream was. I will get Peter Quince to write a ballad of this dream. It shall be called Bottom's Dream, because it hath no bottom. And I will sing it in the latter end of a play before the Duke. Peradventure, to make it the more gracious... I shall sing it at her death.
Bohemian Beat, we're featuring some special songs from a Shakespearean angle. If you were a teenager in the 80s like I was, you'll remember how so many of the stories and music in popular culture related to your personal experience. And when you think about it, it was ever thus. When Will wrote his poem Venus and Adonis, he certainly understood what the young lovers in the audience wanted to know about. Even as the sun, with purple-coloured face, had ta'en his last leave of the weeping morn, rose-cheeked Adonis hied him to the chase. Hunting he loved, but love he laughed to scorn. Sick-thoughted Venus makes a mane unto him, and like a bold-faced suitor gins to woo him. Thrice fairer than myself, thus she began, the field's chief flower, Sweet above compare, stained to all nymphs, more lovely than a man, more white and red than doves or roses are. Nature that made me with herself at strife, saith that the world hath ending with thy life. Vouchsafe thou wonder to alight thy steed and raid his proud head to the saddle bow, if thou wilt deign this favour, for thy meed a thousand honey secrets shalt thou know. Here come and sit, whenever serpent hisses, and being set, I'll smother thee with kisses.
And that was Olamor by Erasure. And before that, Yasser reading the first three verses from Shakespeare's Venus and Adonis, his first major published poem, becoming a smash hit due to its erotic nature. When Shakespeare wrote that love is blind and lovers cannot see the pretty follies that they themselves commit, he was almost giving us a heads up to what pop songs would be like 400 years later. Dave Stewart created a melancholy mood in Here Comes the Rain Again with his haunting B minor to B natural progression at the beginning. As Dave explained, the whole song was about that undecided thing, like Here Comes Depression or Here Comes the Downward Spiral, but then it goes. So talk to me, like lovers do. Stewart revealed that the basic melody had already been written before the lyrics came into being after an argument between him and Annie Lennox while they were in a hotel in New York City. Annie looked out the window after their fight and noticed it was starting to rain.
You are listening to The Bohemian Beat, brought to you by the Community Radio Network. So what was it about those songwriters of the 80s and their unique focus on unrequited love? Did they take a truly original path or were they just revisiting old ideas with a modern beat? When Annie Lennox sings of being torn apart by a new emotion and wanting to dive back into her lover's ocean, is she, in a sense, echoing the sentiment of much of the bard's work? For example, in The Taming of the Shrew, Shakespeare explores the relationship between men and women intensely, more so than in any other play. Petruchio tries to calm Catherine with smooth talk, but she's having none of it. The main theme of the play is the way women are treated and its effect. Baptista has complete domination over his daughters and dictates to them on every matter. Catherine is tamed by her husband as though she were a wild animal. Men and women are rude and cruel to each other. Even Bianca, the sweet sister at one point, calls her husband a fool. Petruchio is alarmingly cruel to Catherine. It's funny, but Shakespeare is making a serious point. Starring Suze as Catherine and Yessa as Petruchio. Come, come, you wasp! Faith, you are too angry! If I be waspish, best beware my sting! My remedy is then to pluck it out. Aye, if the fool could find where it lies! Who knows not where a wasp does wear his sting? In his tail! In his tongue! Whose tongue? Yours if you talk of tails, and so farewell! What? With my tongue? In your tail? (gasps) Nay, come again, good Kate! I am a gentleman. That I'll try. Hey guys, you better stop right there before we need a language warning.
listening to The Bohemian Beat, broadcasting nationally since 2007 across a community radio network. We just heard Pleasure and Pain by Divinals, featuring the amazing Chrissy Amphlett and her raunchy take on Tough Love. It sure had us dancing in the studio. In Sonnet 116, often heard at wedding ceremonies, Shakespeare sees no reason why two true-minded people shouldn't be married. However, he cautions that true love doesn't change when it finds a change in circumstances, but rather guides us through stormy seas to last forever, despite the effects of time on our physical beauty. Let me not to the marriage of true minds admit impediments. Love is not love which alters when it alteration finds, or bends with the remover to remove. Oh no, it is an ever-fixed mark that looks on tempests and is never shaken. It is the star to every wandering bark, whose worth's unknown, although his height be taken. Love's not time's fool, though rosy lips and cheeks within his bending sickle's compass come. Love alters not with his brief hours and weeks, but bears it out even to the edge of doom. If this be error, and upon me proved, I never writ, nor no man ever loved.
in my eyes by ultravox and before that sonnet 116 by william shakespeare read by paul Today on The Bohemian Beat, we are featuring the world's greatest dramatist, Shakespeare, whose works have helped shape the literature of all English-speaking countries. He wrote at least 38 plays, two major narrative poems, and 154 sonnets covering themes such as the passage of love, time, beauty, mortality. First published in 1609 in a collection called Shakespeare's Sonnets. When most I wink, then do mine eyes best see, For all the day they view things unrespected. But when I sleep, in dreams they look on thee, And darkly bright are bright in dark directed. Then thou, whose shadow shadows doth make bright, How would thy shadows form, form happy show, To the clear day with thy much clearer light, When to unseeing eyes thy shade shines so? How would I say, mine eyes be blessed made, by looking on thee in the living day, when in dead night thy fair imperfect shade through heavy sleep on sightless eyes doth stay? All days are nights to see till I see thee, and nights bright days when dreams do show thee me. And that's Sonnet 43 from Shakespeare's Sonnets. Thank you so much, Suze. You are listening to The Bohemian Beat. I'm Riddy, and we've been travelling back to the popular music of the 80s and beyond, to the time when the Bard was creating his immortal works. The hour is slowly drawing to a close. We hope you've enjoyed our Shakespeare and the 80s special on The Bohemian Beat. I would like to thank Suze, Yasser and Paul for their starring roles in this week's show. And Susan Paul for the research and links, and Paul for co producing and scripting. This has been a collaborative effort and so much fun to put together. Hey guys. Yeah, it's um, been really good to read some Shakespeare. It's something I enjoy doing. In fact, um, we read Shakespeare um, every month in my local theatre. Um, we just have like a Shakespeare reading night. So yeah, it's just really good. Excellent. And, and where do you do that, yes, sir? Um, Morulumbar Theatre Company, so it's in Morulumbar. Excellent. So yeah. people wanting to hone in their um, their acting skills. Um, yeah, I mean everyone's welcome to come along, and um, it's just just a relaxed sort of atmosphere. We just sit around and read a read a play. You, you, usually we just haven't read it before. It's just getting to know it. Yeah, know. it's fun though, isn't it? Just to do the live the live readings and to sort of see where that goes because it really it's so different to actually perform it than it is to you know. Um, read it on the page absolutely it comes alive when you actually speak it out loud yeah it's meant to be read out loud so yeah and Suze, you've been fantastic in helping with the research for this one oh thank you so much Rudy, for including us on your show today it's the 80s and shakespeare two of my favorite things so it's been just (laughs) fabulous to be a part of it I think Shakespeare's wonderful. I just really love that poetic style that he brings to the pose and I almost feel like I'm dancing through the story. It's just it's um, just so beautiful and he brings that extra layer to the, to the written word through his imagery. And um, I feel very privileged to be able to be a part of it today. Thank you. And thank you, Suze. Suze is also one of the volunteers at Bay FM. And, uh, and this is what happens when you kind of get involved in community radio. It's like, hey... You there, you, 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 read some Shakespeare for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much how it went, yes. <laughs> 
Yes, sir. Anything else you want to add about Shakespeare? Just, I just love doing it. Like, it's a very earthy kind of language. And it's surprisingly simple to memorize as well compared to other plays. Like, just to, like, because it's poetic, it's just easier to memorize. It's, um, and it just rolls off the tongue and it's just, it's just such beautiful language. And, and how do you go about um, remembering the lines? Well, I don't have any special tricks. It's just brute force. I just do it two lines at a time. But as I said, it's just for some reason, Shakespeare seems to be easier than like modern prose sort of. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, thank you so much, Suze, Yessa and Paul. And we will end where we began. The two star-crossed lovers, Romeo and Juliet, whose tragic deaths ultimately reunite their feuding families. And this is from Act 3, Scene 5, where Juliet is above at the window and Romeo has just entered. Starring Suze as Juliet and Yessa as Romeo. Wilt thou be gone? It is not yet near day. It was the nightingale and not the lark that pierced the fearful hollow of thine ear. Nightly she sings on yon pomegranate tree. Believe me, love, it was the nightingale. It was the lark, the herald of the morn, no nightingale. Look, love, what envious streaks do lace the severing clouds in yonder east. Night's candles are burnt out, and jocund day stands tiptoe on the misty mountain tops. I must be gone and live, or stay and die. Yon light is not daylight, I know it. It is some meteor that the sun exhales to be to thee this night a torchbearer and light thee on thy way to Mantua. Therefore, stay yet. Thou needest not to be gone. Let me be taken. Let me be put to death. I am content, so that wilt have it so. I'll say yon grey is not the morning's eye. Tis but the pale reflex of Cynthia's brow. Nor that is not the lark whose notes do beat the vaulty heaven so high above our heads. I have more care to stay than will to go. Come, death, and welcome. Juliet wills it so. How is't, my soul? Let's talk. It is not day. Oh, it is, it is. High heads be gone. Away. It is the lark that sings so out of tune, straining harsh discords and unpleasing sharps. Some say the lark makes sweet division. This doth not so, for she divideth us. Some say the lark and loathed toad change eyes. Oh, now I would have they changed voices too, since arm from arm that voice doth us affray, hunting thee hence with hunts up to the day. Oh, now be gone, more light and light it grows. More light and light, more dark and dark our woes. Take my 